is Your Working Life, a podcast that provides you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. I'm Caroline Dowd Higgins. I'm a speaker, a career and executive coach, and today I'm delighted to welcome Adela Schicker to the show. Adela is going to talk about how to reach your full potential by ending procrastination. Adela, welcome. Hi, Caroline. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you. You know, I would love for you first to help us understand the definition of procrastination, because many people may define it differently. So can you start us out in telling us about what is procrastination? I think that an easiest way how to describe procrastination is the idea that it, you're putting up things uh, either intentionally or habitually, but the way how to know that you're procrastinating is that when you're regretting, you should you should be spending the time somehow differently. So I feel like we have a lot of things that we want to do, we would enjoy to do, or they can help us, but we're doing something else and we're regretting that. So I think the moment when you're seeing like, oh yeah, I should be doing something else, that's procrastination. <laughs> That's helpful. Thank you for that. So why is it that our modern work world is really crippled for so many by procrastination? I think it all comes to this uh, notion of decision paralysis, meaning we now live in a world where we have so many options. And, you know, our ancestors, they thought, hey, wouldn't it be great to maybe have a big store full of all the things that you want to buy and all the juices and, and vegetables and whatnot. And then you go to a store and you're seeing all those options and you're almost paralyzed. And because you can do whatever you want as a profession, you can live pretty much anywhere in the world. We tend to have too many options. And then rather than picking one, we pick neither. And so that helps really procrastination to happen and to sort of sneak into our lives because we're just overloaded with, in, with a lot of decisions we have to take and as well information. So it's, it's, a, it's a tough thing to do and to decide. Adela, you're the co-founder of procrastination.com and you're really diving into the science and the research behind procrastination. So what is the current science telling us about procrastination and what you just described as this decision paralysis? Thank you for noting the, the fact that the book is science-based. It's something that's very close to, I think, our hearts in the whole company. The idea is that there are a lot of evidence-based research and a lot of quality scientific research, but we don't have time to read through piles and piles of books and research. So what we're trying to do in procrastination.com, as well in the book, is to take the research and everything science knows about your motivation, about how willpower works, how to learn new habits, and put it in the practical tools. So I love at the beginning of your uh, of your podcast, you said that you bring tools to people. That's exactly what we want to what we want to do. So the idea is you don't just read about something and you don't just learn. Oh, this is procrastination, but it will give you eight practical tools to overcome it. And I think that's a great addition. So let's take a little deeper dive because I'm confident, Adela, that people are <laughs> listening around the world saying, oh my goodness, I'm a procrastinator. How does human motivation work? And, and how might you set it in order to work in the long run to overcome procrastination? Hmm. I think that the, the biggest problem now with the motivation is that we're, we're already understanding that the, the carrot and the stick is not a good way how to be motivated. We don't do rewards and punishments anymore. But now people tend to say a lot of the times, oh, you need to set up goals. Mm -hmm. You need to make sure that you put the, I don't know, the skinny model on the fridge you're not going to eat or you 
paint the dream house and you visualize it every day in front of you and then you're going to work and you're going to have the house at some point. But this sort of motivation doesn't come with something that is called the hedonic adaptation, meaning that the moment when you get this goal, you become just it becomes just a thing that you have. So imagine you're dreaming of a new phone or a new car. And then once you get the car, it's just sort of a mode of transportation. It's no longer your dream and you're getting adapted to that. So I'm sure that if you can visualize something that you reached in your life, it was a great success. You were happy, but the happiness is very long like sort of lasting. And so what we do, we get a bigger goal. So we want a bigger house or bigger car or or more clothes or, or whatnot. And we tend to always reach for something, being he- unhappy until we get it and then have a very short happiness. So what we tell people and what we're trying to teach them at the first chapter of the book is to find something that is called the intrinsic motivation by path. So understanding what is it that is your purpose at work and in life, what is the motivation that really is a long lasting thing, we call it personal vision. So what is this thing that will really motivate you? And as a good old saying, to sort of be motivated by the path and not the destination. You know, as a career coach, Adela, I'm so grateful that you talk about that personal vision and that intrinsic motivation, because in my experience, that's what really leads people to find meaning and and purpose in their life and work, right? Not just these external, maybe quick satisfaction, right? To to buy the car or, or you know, buy the, the pair of shoes or, or whatever that is. But how, how do you encourage people to figure out what that personal vision is and define their strengths? What's the first step? So the first step really is to go through some, um, I would say, core things like your SWOT analysis, trying to see what you can do with your strengths, trying to find out what makes you happy, what are your long-term achievements, or what really made you satisfied, what were the things, what were the moments in your life that you enjoy, and how you can recreate them. And this idea of really finding uh, your purpose and your meaning in life and taking the time, which might seem like, why would I just sit down now and think for half a day what my strengths are? But this is something that then motivates you in the long term. And literally setting a good vision, understanding your motivation and your purpose can help you throughout the whole life. So the little bit of time you invest in now and you really find out what it is that motivates you can then just be something that you use on a daily basis. And, you know, I'm really grateful for your candor and your vulnerability because you talk about how there was a moment in your life where you lacked what you thought were the values to be happy. You didn't know what that perfect solution was and you were contemplating so many different things. Did that impact the research and and your work in procrastination? Definitely, definitely. I feel like there are two, two types of people, either the ones that really procrastinate And then there are people that tend to do a lot, but they have no idea why. Mm. And I think I was that one person. I traveled for the last 17 years all around the globe. I was always trying to, you know, sort of have it all and work my butt off. And then I realized that's not the way to go. And there is this beautiful Japanese proverb saying that vision without action is a daydream. Mm. Action without vision is a nightmare. Meaning that a lot of people have this vision what they want to do, but they're just dreamers. They don't have the action to make it happen. Those are the procrastinators. But then there are people like I was, who are all about the action. We try to make everything happen. We have our diaries full, but we don't have the vision. We don't know why we're doing it. And I was one of those people. And then when I found out all the scientific research and I dig deeper into the motivation and I found out that 
finally now I understand why I have the vision, why I have to sort of overcome things. For example, I fly all the time and I hate flying. If you ever see me in an airplane, I'm the person, you know, pretty much halfway crying, shaking all the time and I fly twice, three times a month. And it really helps me just to sit there and say, hey, this is my vision. This is the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm helping others and I just have to overcome it. So the, the vision really helps you to overcome the really bad parts because we're all motivated and you know active and everything when everything is great. But when life happens and life happens, we know that that really helps you even in the in the times of struggle and when everything is sort of bad, you know. And having that personal vision, did that help you uh, stave off burnout, right? And and just being exhausted from doing so much. You're you're now doing what you love and and what energizes you. Yeah, exactly. And you you find how to be sort of motivated in the long term, which helps your willpower. And and we know now that, you know, willpower is like like a muscle. Our brain really is able to to grow. There are more connections. So the more and more uh, habits, the more and more things you overcome, the more and more you practice it, the stronger the willpower is. And then that helps you to overcome even further things or bigger things that before might not be even possible. So not only you're helping yourself to uh, sort of overcome yourself and learn new habits, you're training your willpower. That's going to help you in really all the areas of life. I'm grateful that you mentioned it's really muscle memory, right? It's an opportunity <laughs> to train yourself and really focus on, on the brain power, right? And, and yeah, refocusing that. So, so tell me, what, what might be your wisdom? And I know this is in the book about the, the first step to really train and strengthen your willpower. So we always say that the first step, and I think is that is something that is quite important and we need to realize that, especially now at the beginning of the year and still the New Year's resolution, to aim sort of low, to start with step by step. So really, if you wanna change something, you wanna give up a habit, don't just say, okay, I'm gonna run a marathon in a week or in a month. That's not gonna happen. But if you wanna start running, just, you know, first day, just put on your clothes and walk outside of your door or slowly start running around the block, run around two, three, and step by step, make sure that the habit sticks because now you don't have to think about brushing your teeth every day. It's just a habit. It's something that you do regularly. And so that's what we need by those baby steps, learning new things. And as you said, people tend to strive for what they see in social media. So they want it to have it right now, but we know that doesn't work. So this idea to strengthening your willpower step-by-step, it's going to help you. And I found out that I'm using this sort of step-by-step methodology for a long time. And things that took me before a lot of time now are just much shorter. And so the idea is really overcome yourself bit by bit, have this idea that we call heroism. So leaving outside of your zone, being outside of your comfort zone, being a little bit of your own hero in front of yourself, taking those small steps, maybe not snoozing the alarm clock or maybe helping more around the house or you know, spending more quality time with your friends. That all then has a great impact in the future. That's fantastic. Every goal can be achieved <laughs> step by step. Adela, we'll be exactly. right back after a quick break. Your working life is powered by your stories. We want to hear more from our listeners about your experiences in the workplace. Tell us what challenges you've overcome or tips you've learned along the way. And even better, if you don't have the answers, let us know what issues you want to learn more about. We want this podcast to serve you in all of your career and life needs. 
send me an email at caroline at carolinedoubthiggins.com. I'd love to give you a hypothetical scenario. I work with so many individuals in the career world who maybe complain about a boss or a coworker that procrastinates and how it impacts them. So I believe that we all need to be responsible for ourselves and, and focus on our own growth and development. But what if someone in your sphere is a procrastinator? In addition to sharing your amazing book, what might be a great way to help them understand that phenomenon? I think that, first of all, talking to them, for sure, maybe saying that it affects you and that there is something that you're willing to help them with. So again, not accusing them, but offering help. And maybe talking to them about why are those things that they procrastinate on? Is it something, do they procrastinate on things that really don't fit in in sort of their vision? Or is it something that maybe they're lacking the meaning or purpose? Maybe they're procrastinating just because they're doing something totally meaningless. And if you maybe talk to them and tell them, hey, this affects my work, but if you do it, it can I can greatly benefit and you as well or the company. So trying to find more of those things, trying to find the why behind it. I feel a lot of us, we like to sort of accuse or just say, hey, you need to change. So I would almost uh, you know, suggest to get into the discussion about why is that activity, why you procrastinate that given activity and how you can change the, the, the perception of it or maybe how you, can, how you can improve it, how you can make it more interesting or maybe they're just... Uh, Maybe they're just overwhelmed and the fact that you're going to talk to them can greatly help them. I'm so grateful for your willingness to share that. And it's really a gift, right, to be able to empower them and perhaps provide a resource. And of course, we're going to talk about how to get your extraordinary book. You know, something that I appreciated that you said before that social media is really or can be an addiction as bad as any other substance. How might this relate to procrastination? Yeah, so the the problem is that uh, now that we know a great research that shows us that Instagram, for example, is almost equivalent to any other hard rock use because you become addicted. Yeah. Not only you want the sort of recognition, you have the peer pressure, so you want your likes, you want people to to see you differently. We're almost getting to this point there, I am one person on Instagram and I am one person in real life. And we're being compared all the time and it's really difficult. And again, it becomes with this idea of of seeking the goals, then showing them the people having to have that recognition. And the problem is that because there are a lot of negative uh, negative things happening in your brain, so you ha- you have a stress hormone cortisol that really literally at the end of the day slowly kills you. So it, this idea of negative, 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 and you're thinking that you live in the world where you're looking at beautiful pictures and you're getting likes, but actually the negativity is what happens. And you know, what is the what is the terrible thing between, for example, social media and a book or a magazine? Before, when people read newspapers or magazines, they had one thing that the, that the social medias don't have, the end. Right. You know, so you, you read the magazine, you finish with it, you put it down and you go doing something else. But now you're on Instagram, you just... There is no end of it. You just keep on swiping or liking or following. And 
that that's really it's really hard to it's really hard to overcome and I, I I sometimes find myself you know scrolling too so I'm not I'm not just preaching I'm I'm terrible at that and I have to make sure that I'm being very cautious and really separate like this is the work that I have to be online and talk to our readers or maybe show them the great thing we can help them and oh am I just wasting my life <laughs> you know, thank you for that. And I'm intrigued by the title of your book, which is called The End of Procrastination, How to Stop Postponing and Live a Fulfilled Life. And I think that that phrase, how to stop postponing, is really key here. Do you find that procrastination paralyzes people from maybe trying new things or taking a risk or it hampers their confidence? Yeah, definitely. We tend to, you know, we procrastinate once and we, we get this in this sort of a rut of saying, oh yeah, but I haven't done anything. So, well now, why would I do something else? Or, you know, I know myself, I'm going to postpone it. Or, you know, it's sort of this vicious circle that, that the postponement brings with itself because we tend to then doubt ourselves. We tend to feel like we're helpless. And, and and again, because when you're when you're doubting yourself and you're helpless, you don't do anything. Yeah. And so you feel guilty again and you doubt yourself. It's it's a never ending circle. So it's very important to to acknowledge the fact that you're you're in this vicious circle and that you have to take this one step out. And I feel like a lot of books don't they just talk about, hey, reach those goals, be awesome, but they don't talk about yeah. what to do when you fail. And I and, and I think that's very important to know. I'm I'm in full agreement and I'm grateful that the book is so practical in giving giving us very specific action steps. But you talk about the reality that work or avoiding work is procrastination. However, you also advocate for rest and self-care and making quality time. So how do you distinguish the two? Oh, yeah. I mean, very, very important. And thank you for noting that to have your rest and have your own time to spend maybe more time on on mindfulness or meditation or sports that is something that's extremely important because if you don't have that your cognitive resources so meaning this this willpower drive to do something depletes so we need to make sure in order for us to perform to to be motivated we need to be well rested as well we need to sometimes take the step back and i think that is very okay to uh uh, watch two or three episodes for once of a TV series that, that you love and you want to binge watch, but it's a very big difference if you do it from time to time or if you do it on a daily basis. And there has to be a balance. And I'm happy that you brought as well the, the idea of spending quality time with others. I think that's the, the thing that social media sort of draws us apart and we need to get back to this, hey, how about we just go out, we switch up our phones and, and we have a discussion or we just talk about values or things that are important. And for me, definitely spending time with, with families and with people close to us and just being grateful that we have them. Adela, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. I learned so much from you, and I'm really grateful. Thank you so much for having me, Caroline. I enjoyed it immensely. Thank you. And I want to tell our listening audience how they can find your book. First of all, the title is called The End of Procrastination, How to Stop Postponing and Live a Fulfilled Life. And I want to mention your co-author, Peter Ludwig. And the book is available on Amazon and widely at major book retailers. And I strongly encourage everyone listening to check it out. And if you like our show, subscribe on iTunes 
iTunes or SoundCloud. And even better, leave us a review. And let me help you understand why. The reviews help other people find us online. And of course, we're always eager to hear what career-minded issues you would like for us to discuss on a future show. And you can find me on Twitter at C. Dowd Higgins. And in closing, I want to give a shout out to my podcast colleagues, Laura Deck, Executive Director of Publicity and Communications, and Claire McInerney, Executive Producer. Thank you for the amazing work that you do to make this show awesome for our audience. I'm Caroline Dowd-Higgins. Thanks for listening.